Hello everybody and welcome back to Feedback Loop. I'm Joey. And I'm Jeremy. And this week we've been listening to an album that like somebody actually, that wasn't <laughs> one of us, somebody actually like told us about and it happened to be the people who made this album. <laughs> yeah, a band, a band trying to promote their, their new album. To a, to a podcast that has no <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I mean, they they maybe will listen to this episode. If so, hi guys. Yeah, definitely. Like that's super. before we go any further. The band, the Sunset Kings, the album Shadow Work and Technicolor, and yeah, I mean, they they just like posted on on something we uploaded. I don't remember what episode. I think it was the Peach Pit episode, maybe. No, I think, and, I think it was the Passion Pit. Because it the, was the, the Peach Pit episode just went up this week, so it that's been. that's true. It's uh, it was Passion Pit. It had to have been a Pit episode. <laughs> and it was passion pit but yeah they were like hey check out this album that we did and i was like sure and now we're now we're here <laughs> now now we're here that's that's the how and the why so we don't need to we don't need to go venturing out into the streets and, and looking for for any reason or any specific street like like boylston street you know we don't need to go we don't need to go there yeah, we're, and we've, def- we've arrived at our destination. Yeah, we don't need to have a Boylston Street intro for sure. That's that's definite right. because it's already been done on this album, track number yeah. one, Boylston Street <laughs> intro. Oh, so I'm gonna start off, and this is directly to the people, to the band, uh, the Sunset Kings, the Sunset Kings. So you know their names? No, I couldn't find them anywhere. <laughs> literally anywhere. I looked. And looked and looked. And you know what? I, I came to the conclusion that that may be by design. Like, maybe they just don't want their names out there. Unless you found them, in which case... No, I didn't I didn't even look. So Okay. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I looked on, like, Bandcamp. I looked on SoundCloud. I looked on, like, random articles that had been written, like, about their music. And, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't find it anywhere. But... They're, they're a relatively new slash undiscovered band, I think, so... Yeah, Spotify. Like exactly. I think that's what I was getting the vibes of. Yeah, their most played song on Spotify had like thirty five thousand plays. I think, which oh, is pretty. It's pretty good. It's more yeah. than we get. Yeah, yeah, way more <laughs> by a whole lot. By like an infinite margin, because <laughs> yeah. you can't like multiple defined margin. Yeah, but what what I'm gonna say is, so we're gonna like be. I don't know, segueing and making making like jokes and stuff about. Are you these. explaining our podcast to the band? No, I'm album we're doing. Here? I'm just being like, we don't mean any disrespect. If uh, maybe I boils mean all of the disrespect, man. Well, you know what? I don't. Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy does, I guess. But like, so I don't know if Boylston Street has some like huge, meaningful impact to the to you to these people, and uh, if it does, and we're just sitting here like, fuck Boylston Street, man, <laughs> like. I, I just no. I I meet it in the utmost of love. Fuck that, Joey. You're being too apologetic. This album's ours now. It was released into the ether, and that means it is what we make of it. Well, speaking of ether, the song actually starts off with like a cool kind of echoey, reverby sound. Like a, it has like a reversed ethereal sound to kind of yeah. set the mood of the album. And the music is behind someone reciting poetry. I'm like. I don't know if it's like she came up with it or if it's like a poem that I just don't know about. Cause apparently the, the, like a lot of the people involved with this musical project are involved in like the Boston poetry scene. So I don't know if they're, they're just out there like 
Sharon poems or something. But uh, you've done your research, you know, because it was like it was kind of like real people behind it. I mean, like (laughs) if we're saying, are you saying that Peach Pit isn't a real band? I mean, they are, but like I don't, I don't know them, and I don't know, I don't know anybody related to to this album, to this band, to the Boston poetry scene. I don't know any (laughs) of any of them, but. The fact that I at least replied to a comment that they left makes me... It makes it more human. Yeah, it makes it more human. That's why you felt the need to apologize in advance for any of our horrible segues. Yeah, exactly. And like, I'm I'm sure, because none of your lyrics are on genius, and I'm not that good at distinguishing words, so uh, I probably missed a lot of the points of the songs. (laughs) But, you know... Yeah, so long, long story long, I did my research... on at least i guess where they're from but so yeah she's reciting poetry like intense poetry the music keeps building the reversed slowy sound like it stays the the guitar picks up a little bit and then the drums come in kind of to complete the sound towards the latter half of the song where like a guitar solo comes in before it cuts out to i it's a voice message of a fan or a friend of somebody in the band i guess about like wanting to meet up because they're they're in town they're in around new york and they want to go like connect it's interesting that you got the the vibe that it was a friend or or a fan because in my mind and maybe this is just a a difference of perspective i was thinking okay well it's a label person like like a talent agent scouting that like saw one of their concerts and they're like hey like let's let's meet let's 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 talk about what's gonna happen next with the band, kind of a thing. Was the vibe that I was getting, but who who knows? They know, and I mean, if they do listen, <laughs> maybe they'll be like, "You're wrong, you're wrong, hey, you're wrong." Fuck them. I'm, I'm gonna take the opposite stance. I know, Joey, you you want so hard to be polite and tactful and and respectful of their their album and their existence. Fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. No, I'm I'm not gonna be rude. But uh, I don't know. I'm just gonna I'm gonna call it as it is to me. Do it, you know. Because this, this I, track, I, I like this track. It's a cool track, cool intro. Just yeah. Just, I'm not I'm not saying I'm shitting on the music already, but it, it's it's cool. Yeah, I'd say it sets up like the intro for the album pretty well, just with kind of the the general sound. I mean, they they experiment with a few other sounds, like genres of music, I guess, on the rest yeah. of the album, but the general kind of cool spacey laid back kind of sound it i'd say it fits the album pretty well but uh i got that it was a fan on the on the voice message or like a friend somebody somebody that was not a, a label person <laughs> yeah not a money hungry not a money hungry man yeah woman. just just money hungry that, that's that's just what i'm gonna call not a money hungry <laughs> you are a money hungry <laughs> But like, maybe not a friend, but like an acquaintance, I guess. Yeah. Like somebody who was like, hey, I've met you twice and that was pretty cool. So let's get together. For the third time. Yeah. And I could see just, that. just like the general vibe of this song, I got kind of, I don't know, maybe that like informed my decision on who I thought it was on the voice message. Uh, I thought the song was about like relationships, but not necessarily like romantic relationships more like friends and acquaintance acquaintances and like the emotional attachment that comes with 
knowing someone kind of like whenever you've been around someone a few times and you just kind of like connect with them in a way that like you don't have to use words to describe or I, I just kind of the general feeling whenever you're around the same person several times and you kind of just get a feel of each other. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> See, I, I did think it was more specifically about a relationship, like a romantic thing. Uh, side note, just to, to give you guys a heads up. I don't really get into R and B stuff often. Uh, and there, there are a few reasons for that, that I, I've just, I don't know. I'm not drawn into to R and B music and stuff. Uh, but yeah, this song in my mind, I was like, yeah, okay. It's a song about sex. It's a song about having really good sex because that's kind of what the poetry at the beginning was making me think it was like describing like transcending and floating into the heavens, but also being in someone's bedroom. And like, I don't know, it just felt very sexual to me and very like raw about that. And then there's like a rap verse in this that kind of also backs up the sex thing, but the, the rap stuff felt more that it was about a relationship of like, getting to know some kind of like what you were saying, but I felt like there was an intentional, like dating kind of relationship backdrop on that. Not just like a, a friend's thing. Maybe that's because you're just full of raw sexual energy, Jeremy. <laughs> Maybe. Or <laughs> the, honestly, the reason, the reason I hedged about R and B not being my thing is because a lot of R and B songs in my mind specifically are like, they're all about sex. They're yeah. all about sex. There's not an R&B song that exists that is not about just fucking, in my opinion. Yeah, I I agree, and I do think it, it's I don't, I don't know, like a coincidence, I guess, whatever you believe in, but uh, that this this whole album there are R&B themes throughout it. Yeah, and it's like it, it came off the tail end of I think it was one or two episodes ago that we were talking about how much like how R and B is like the one thing that we can't. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't remember do. if we had the discussion on an episode or not. I cannot stand R and B music, <laughs> at least not like poppy R and B. I, I like soul music. Yeah, and and I can get into that shit, but like there's there's something about the like more poppy R and B that I just I can't stand. One of one part of it being the lyrics. They're always about fucking. Always. Fucking The weekend. every fucking song he sings is about fucking. Some of his songs are about cocaine. Don't don't even, Jeremy. Well, every song I've heard by him, how about that? And I, I listened to his newest album, I think, and most of it was about fucking. I don't know. I don't like it. I can't get into it too much. A lot of this album has a lot of R&B feel to me, and, we'll, and we'll, we... we'll, we'll explore that as we go through it. I think we might know what that means about, about the album. Hey, I'm not I'm not holding any punches here. Hey, all right. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be friendly to the Sunset Kings. You guys, A, I I guess I'll put an asterisk there and say keep making music. Don't let my opinion of your music put you off of making the music you want to make. That's not my place. I'm just expressing my opinions. I need to clear up is is the weekend R&B like I mean, he's more Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's more pop, but there's there's certain aspects of a lot of his music that kind of pulls me in an R and B direction. Because I like The Weeknd at least somewhat. Yeah, I don't dislike it. I don't know. He he sits in a weird spot for me. Well, I just I don't know. I feel I like he, he sings about fucking too much. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, he could really go like back and forth for me, like back and forth, back and forth, like constantly back and forth, like, like, like a like metronome. Talking. Yeah. yeah, like a metronome or something. I was like, dude's fucking metronome over there <laughs> on, on, the, on the charts, on the scale of my music Man, we likes. Need, we, need, we need a metronome to keep us on beat. So let's keep talking. Track number two, metronome. This one, it starts out instantly like more fast paced. It doesn't have the the slow type reverby feel that I got from yeah. from the previous song, from the opening song. It has more of like a jazzy funk type feel. It's pretty poppy too. Like there's a lot of pop throughout this yeah. album, I feel. And I mean, I don't know why I say I feel like I I'm sure it's a it's a pretty pretty noticeable fact there's just well, pop on this album see but so this is this is where this this whole episode of thing is going to be us fighting each other to <gasps> some, some degree yes because like it it does have a lot of like jazz influence on a lot of the songs on this album the song specifically it, it i know there's a whole lot of layers and a whole lot of like building this this jazzy kind of desperate beat and then there's the the vocals for me i think is what makes me what puts it into r&b territory because mm-hmm. it just i don't know a lot of the vocals on this album feel like they're r&b hooks and maybe part of that's just because my aforementioned hatred of like songs just always talking about sex and r&b and, and the singer a lot of times is very breathy and things and i don't know it just it it makes me feel uneasy at points in this album um i think there's a lot that's going on in this album and a lot of it is cool but i i just i can't get into the song i can't get into this kind of music i think there's, I think there's, it's a bit too muddled, right? Where there, there's just maybe too much going on, too many layers that aren't really working with each other. And I, I feel like less would have been more in this case for the song specifically. Not necessarily this song for me, but I do have that point in the future on this album. So yeah. it's, uh, I, I don't think that is something that we'll be fighting about. Yeah, I, I guess I just meant because you said you took it in more of a pop direction. Yeah. And I, in in my mind, what I didn't say that I was thinking is that like, okay, well, I feel like a lot of the jazz and a lot of the like weird muddled like production of this album takes it out of pop territory for me. Whereas it's not something that a lot of people would really listen to and vibe with. Maybe I'm just out of my element here though. Cause again, I don't listen to a lot of R and B. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know what I was thinking when I listened to this album. Like, I don't know what headspace. Because I've just been, like, all over the fucking place recently. <laughs> this, this week, my daughter started school. so and chaotic. Uh, We're recording on a Thursday, which yeah, doesn't often happen. It's it's insanity. But, you know, whatever headspace I was in, it at least let me, I guess, break down. Because there is a lot on this album. There's, like you said, there's a lot of layers. Even on this song where it doesn't, like, it doesn't get overwhelming. I'd say kind of like how I think you were feeling about um, Jacob Collier. Yeah. Where, like, there's just so much happening. And, I mean, not in a good or a bad way. Like, there's just a lot of things happening all at once. And you can make with it what you will. But it's 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 just dense, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know. I feel like that in itself isn't a bad thing, but the production is something that I've kind of harped on a lot throughout my notes on this album, where mm-hmm. the mixing kind of feels a little off. So I think maybe with, like, I don't want to say better mixing, but different mixing, it, it could have made some of it a bit more, like, palatable for me. But obviously, again, 
it's it's this album's not for me so don't don't take that the wrong way guys if you're listening like i'm not saying you need to fire your producer or find someone better to make your music or whatever it's just not it, it it's just little things that would make it better for me specifically who do you think this album's for jeremy i mean it's, it's for people that'll vibe with it right that's the intention of every artist is to create an album that like expresses what they're feeling and resonates with other people and this doesn't really resonate with me yeah i think more than anything the rock portions the more rock inspired portions and the fucking saxophone i I dig i dig the saxophone (laughs) there's a lot of sax on this album and it's always spot on yeah saxophone man i i've seen your picture online (laughs) i don't know your name but uh, you're doing a great job. And I mean, to the singer too, like I like his voice. It reminds me of The Weeknd and I like The Weeknd. It reminds me of, I mean, not necessarily in the way that he sounds, but in the way that it fits into the music. Like yeah. you said, it takes it's it in that, a more. It's that kind of pop R&B feel that I can't stand. <laughs> <laughs> Am I coming to find, I think I specifically don't like R&B from like the 90s yeah. and early 2000s is all, I guess all, more than my even, jam. Even The Weeknd kind of feels like that to me sometimes. So. And you know you get the I do like that song. Again, the weekend, half and half. We're not going to talk about the weekend on this episode anymore. Well, that song's about cocaine, Jeremy. So there we go. That one's not about sex. But okay, yeah, we'll we'll get back. We'll get back to the album at hand. (laughs) We're getting way too off topic, and I have no clue why. It's just because we're. It's it's a weird week. It is a weird week. No need to apologize. I mean, I guess sorry for the Sunset Kings if you guys are listening and trying to to hear our very well thought out thoughts on this. But I if assure you, you none if of you, our thoughts are ever thought out. If you listen to more of our our podcasts, you know that doesn't ever happen. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to listen to this. They're just promoting their album. They're they're just getting it out there. They wanted us to talk about it, and now we are. We fell into their trap. Well, you know what? They fell into our trap because. Um, their fans might stumble upon our podcast now. exactly i think i think the promotion got reversed we yes. fucking played a reverse uno card it's, it's a symbiotic relationship you know yeah. all of our new listeners will now listen to them and all of their thirty-five thousand listeners will now listen to us you is know, that both, how that works we both gain something right yeah definitely <laughs> but Anyways. so yeah the guitar solo the saxophone in this song I dig it. I mean, I like the atmospheric strings, the starry sounds in the background. There are general, like, earlier hip-hop R&B vibes that, like, mm-hmm. I feel like at times totally work with the rock, with, like, the guitar, with the saxophone, yeah. with with just the general rest of it. But then there's times where I'm like, was this necessary? I guess. Yeah. That's kind of, that's, that's, that sums up adequately. I think a lot of my feelings on the, the music production, at least on this, this album, but some, sometimes, sometimes it works well and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't find any lyrics online. I think I had pointed that out in the last song and, yeah, uh, no. yeah, like I was just making out what I could because, uh, I'm terrible at parsing out lyrics, even if they're really clear, Yeah, but, so this song, uh, I know you're gonna you're gonna love this one, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> this song it sounded to me about meeting somebody in a club, dancing then with them, and then you know wanting a little bit more afterwards, like yeah, uh, like fucking, yeah, maybe or or maybe <laughs> maybe a nice relationship, like you're sensing a real connection with this person you're dancing with, and you just you 
you your metronome and you're swaying back and forth with them and you're just like huh you know i could really take her out for some ice cream ice cream not sex yeah i don't believe it the song's about sex (laughs) it i mean (laughs) every song every song that's not true not on this album yeah not on this album it's i have a love-hate relationship with this album we'll get to the love later i promise right now i'm just i'm angry (laughs) i'm an angry young man because it's all r&b about fucking are you so angry that you're like seeing everything in little frames? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you ever experienced the phenomenon that is framing or your vision skips like FPS and it looks like you're looking around <laughs> in like an ancient video. But uh, if you were on like, like strobe lights playing, you know, yeah, almost. And like you're walking down Green Street, just skip, skipping frames, you know, just <laughs> stumbling. This is a really over. hard album to segue, guys. Track number three is Green Street Skip Frame. Yeah, like I don't know what that means. I know what it <laughs> I know what Green Street means theoretically, right? Yeah, and I can I can kind of make out what skip frame would be, but like I I can't contextualize <laughs> those those sets of words together. Yeah. This one starts off with some like some kind of dissonance and some like haunting ominous vibes that are usually pretty cool. I really like it. It makes me feel uneasy, but in a good way. I think Mm -hmm. I I really like the kind of effect that the music has on me here. Uh, The vocals kind of float around and they they echo in in some kind of like almost schizophrenic way. Like there's just like layers of thoughts happening in my brain and it's kind of overwhelming, but I also kind of like it in the context of the song because it's all just like, it's all just slightly unsettling for me and it's kind of a nice sensation. I think there's not a lot of structure to the song and it feels like they're just kind of like jamming and, and feeling it out as they're recording it, which is cool. I'm, in, I'm into that kind of stuff. Uh, there is an outro section that is basically its own little song that I thought mm-hmm. was kind of weird as an inclusion. Maybe it could have been an interlude because they have other interludes on this track. Uh, it's a pretty lovely little ditty, but it kind of drifts away into the, the ocean that is the rest of this kind of like weird ambient experience. I like the ambient experience a lot. Like, yeah. not necessarily just of this song, but just, like there's a lot of I feel like they put a lot of work into creating an atmosphere around the album as well as the album. Yeah. And I think I like the atmosphere a lot. Like more than some of the songs, I guess. But this song, I I do like this song. Like it it's got more of a poppy like chord progression and like yeah. you were saying some of it feels kind of like off kilter, like a little like what's going on? What's happening? And Cause there's like some whispery sounding vocals coming in and then like the singing is more prominent. Like the last song it had the rap or the last few songs they had like him kind of rapping, kind of doing more of an R and B. And I feel like this one is more poppy than R and B. And like, it's got the little bit of experimenting that they do kind of it's toned down a little bit. Like it's not as musically dense, I guess, as previous two previous song the first song i guess was kind of more of an intro but yeah it's uh yeah like i do like the vocals on this one a lot i like what they do it i think it was in the last chorus they have like a dark reversed like warped version of the vocals behind Mm -hmm. the lead vocals that give it a really cool quality and uh and some wind instruments you know 
make you feel a little floaty. <laughs> feel a little bit windy. Windy feel- when you're floating down green street, skipping frames, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. I don't fucking know what green street skip frame. That's hard to say. That's green street skip frame. Say that five times fast. Green street skip frame, green street skip frackhand. <laughs> <laughs> but lyrically, uh, I think the song, like what I got personally, is <laughs> because you know I'm not reading any uh, any interpretations from people who are way smarter than me on Genius about this album. Because <laughs> yeah, the, the, this album's not on Genius, so we can't. You put you put your album on Genius, guys, so I can read the lyrics. Because I'm I'm a dumb Neanderthal that needs to read things <laughs> while I'm listening to them to fully understand it. Uh, lyrically, I think the song is about taking a harder look at what's around you instead of just kind of mindlessly going through life Mm -hmm. like being more present letting go of regrets letting go of thoughts of the past and focusing on the now realizing what's happening in the world and kind of just paying attention to see if you can do something for yourself yeah i agree with that all inside the context of a relationship because every (laughs) song on this album i've i've been i did this one's not about fucking i will say that there you but go. yeah, I got I got very similar vibes. It's just kind of like going with the flow, kind of focusing on on yourself and and what you're doing, and and just just having fun, you know. Yeah, not, not everything has to be so fucking serious. Yeah, not which, everything. I mean, which kind of I guess opens itself up to be talked about. That's what sex is, right? <laughs> if you're not really in a relationship and you're just having casual sex, that's kind of also fitting into the theme of the song. So that's a stretch for me, but you know. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, that was just like the aftermath of you constantly thinking about sex, Jeremy. Maybe, maybe we're we're getting some Freud action in here, and I'm just always thinking about sex all day. I think about sex. But then, wouldn't I enjoy R and B music if it's all about sex? I don't know, because what I've always felt, I don't know. It's like the big, it's the thing that like, and I like Barry White. I like Marvin Gaye. I like, yeah. th- I like that, but. Like starting back then, it was like that's sex music. You put that on your record player, you pour yeah. a nice glass of wine, and the fact that it has that connotation makes me feel weird to listen to it <laughs> when you're not having sex. Yeah, because I'm just like in my car and some dudes just fucking like moaning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of how I feel listening to Robert Plant sing anything ever, <laughs> even though he's clearly not. Well, I mean, I don't want to say clearly not. In a whole lot of love, he's he's getting it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't fucking know. You made a segue. We blew past to track number four is Aftermath. Starts with a, a woman on the phone calling to, to someone to come, quote unquote, save her and her friends. It sounds like they've been drinking maybe a bit too much. And she's trying, trying to maybe get someone to come over and hang out with them. Because they're fucking white girl wasted. Hashtag. Hashtag white girl wasted. <laughs> Uh, I'm not super crazy about the vocals on this track outside of that little intro. Even uh, it, this is the one that I, I noticed it was like super breathy at points, which mm-hmm. just makes me feel uncomfortable and not in the good way that the last one, because it almost hits like an ASMR vibe for me, which is, is not a vibe for me at all. I hate ASMR stuff and it, it just like, I don't know. It creeps me out. I don't, I don't like it musically though. Pretty chill and vibey. It's got some nice, like laid back guitar and bass, some keys, some more ambient floaty effects that are kind of scattered throughout this whole album. A beat comes in like halfway through. And this is another like production issue I have is that like when the beat comes in on this, 
it feels like it's distractingly prominent. Yeah. Like it's all I can focus on and all I can hear is just a loud beat kind of in front of everything else. And it's not even it's it the beat itself feels kind of like scattered and eclectic in some ways. I'm just not really a fan of how the drums were handled on this track. So I do like this song. It's one of my favorites on the album, but I will start because I have the same, I guess, issue with Mm -hmm. the drums is that it's like, it's a drum machine. So like it's, it's a beat. Right. And it is, it, it's like somebody just like layered it on top of everything else. Like I know that's not a thing in audio software, but it's like in Microsoft word, they had a bunch of pictures all in the <laughs> same spot and they were like drums, top layer, top boom. Layer. Yeah. And the, the mixing could have been better. Yeah. But the rest of the aspects of the song I did like, like even though the vocal delivery, it is more pop R and B oriented. I liked it with kind of the general vibe of the music. Like mm-hmm. the, the more, it has that more reverby, echoey guitar that really builds like a slow atmosphere. And then yeah. a guitar line comes in kind of in the background that reminds me of like that trilly Midwest emo stuff that you see like all yeah. over fucking YouTube. Like, <laughs> and I'm a sucker for that. Like I am all about that, that cool, like really treble heavy, like you're not picking even because you don't have to because your yeah. guitar your guitars yeah. like turn way the fuck up so you can just touch the strings and they make beautiful sounds but it ha- it gives that kind of vibe so like that counterpointed with the pop R&B vocals it worked for me it gave me like a yeah. nice floaty tone where it felt like i was floating in a pool with my ears under the water and my eyes were above the water and then the okay. drums if they would have just been turned down a little bit, <laughs> it like I'm instantly running. I'm out of the pool and I'm up somewhere in like in a fit, like something's happening. And I'm just like, what's happening? What like I feel like Caveman SpongeBob. Where I'm just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> but, Caveman SpongeBob, indeed. <laughs> but uh so this song, it's not about sex. It's not. I, and this is lyrically, I think the start of the high note they're they're like this this whole mid section of this album feels kind of out of place to for me at least from what i was getting from a lot of because i mean the, the first three tracks for me are about a relationship right whether that's fucking whether that's not whatever it's about a relationship and then this one it it seems to be about a person named nick that they mention a few times in the album and it, this one it's it's the aftermath of after nick died which I'm assuming Nick was a bandmate or he yes. was, he was some part of the sunset Kings. And a lot of this album seems kind of, well, I don't even want to say a lot of this album. The, the midsection of this album seems to be about Nick uh, and how they're kind of dealing with Nick's death. I think in, in one of the later tracks, they, they talk about Nick having released an album or written mm-hmm. music for an album. And that they've just been listening to it over and over again. And they really like what Nick did. So I'm not sure if Nick recorded parts for this album specifically, and then they finished it up and they're releasing it, or if it's a totally unrelated thing, or if he was even in the Sunset Kings and it was just a friend that they knew. But it's it seems like someone close to the band named Nick had died, and this song is kind of like 
him him talking about how he's dealing with that in the immediate moments after Nick has died. Yes. So Nick, I can't confirm this because I couldn't find too much personal information, which I mean, like, it's not like you're fucking out there with like, you're, it's not like you're Metallica where I can find like your children's height. <laughs> right. Like, like it's, I feel like I'd have to know, know the people in the band to know this information, I guess. Yeah. But I did find out that their bassist, sh- whose name, whenever I found it, was Shag. So I don't know if that was like a nickname for Nick or mm-hmm. if, if they're entirely different people. But they had a previous bassist named Shag who passed away in 2019, I think I read. Oh, that's pretty and, recent. Yeah. And I this song, if they are the same person, seems to be about... Which would line up with the right. that, like them being in the band, so that's yeah, that's kind of where it went for this song. Which it was nice to have a heavier topic. Not, I mean, like death isn't good. It's it's Obviously. not like, but, it, but it is a part of life. Yeah, and I think it adds some some more interesting discussion for this album than just songs about fucking. I agree. Like when. When I'm uh, imagining having sex, uh, <laughs> I'm not listening to music. But when I'm, I'm grieving death, I would be listening to music and wanting to relate through that that artistic medium. So that's that's where it. I feel like it resonates. It's a it's a deeper emotion, so you can yeah. get deeper. I don't Fucking know. I good, don't... good on them for doing that. It, it's one thing to like, it's one thing to lose a friend and to grieve that, but to then put it out there in the public, right? On a music album, especially one in this vein where some of the songs are much more lighter hearted than this. Like it it takes some balls. Good on them for doing that. I'm I'm glad you guys do that. I think that's the saving grace of this album for me is that it does kind of get real in, in the song and in a couple other of the, the interludes and stuff, which uh, resonates more with me personally. Yeah, maybe that's the issue. Maybe I'm just sex deprived, and that's why I don't want anyone talking about sex. And I think everyone's always talking about it because I can't get any or something. At the beginning of every every R and B album, needs to have a trigger warning for Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can't control sex, and you can't control death, and this album kind of puts them puts them side by side, which is kind of an interesting dichotomy. Yeah, and it also talks about that on track number five, you can't control death. Yes. Parentheses interlude. I got one. Segway. Like it's the first segue. Well, outside of the intro, that I've that I've even attempted to make. Joey's been carrying me this whole time. You can't like control the, death. It's an yeah. interlude track. Uh, this is the first one that it feels kind of like a behind the scenes kind of footage thing. Like they're all like sitting in a living room or in the recording studio or, or some small room and just kind of talking about death and life. And then it fades out like their discussion as some like live guitar bass drums come in. Like they're performing a song in the studio and recording it on a phone, which is kind of, it's, it's a nice, like kind of warm feeling, even though they are talking about how you can't control death and how it impacts them. Yeah. I really like the added touch of the live show or like r- the rough recording. It, it hit, not necessarily in the same way that like we talked about on nurture, like where Porter was just kind of recording himself. Like, yeah, I, I could, the music. 
Yeah, I could like thinking about that now still evokes emotion. Yeah. And this was definitely still emotional, but it like tapped into that same that same, I guess, idea of like they're just like having a real discussion outside and like recording the it makes the music seem more personal. Like coming off of the last song where it was the first heavier song on the album and then you you hear them talking about it yeah. and just go back to recording music you're like i don't know it, it it puts it more in perspective i guess so it's good that they put it here which side note th- this interlude and the other interludes apparently were not on the original like bandcamp release of the album they're not on bandcamp i don't know i mean they're on spotify but like so i don't know if they were in the original release of this album or added at a later time yeah so but yeah, I don't know. I'm glad they're included, at least in the yeah. version that I listened to. So good, good on them. And it, again, it's like it's it's very impressive. It's very ballsy, especially amidst this album of of like relationship and love to like put that content out there. So good on again, good on you guys for doing that. I'm gonna try to stop repeating myself. <laughs> I'm just that, that's 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 a highlight of this album for me. So good job, guys, on that. Yeah. The fact that they don't play it safe with like just sticking to the the songs about fucking yeah it, it <laughs> the fact that they don't play it safe with that stuff it's really right. like it it makes it it's the icing on the cake for yeah the it makes track number six just feel right at home we'll just call it play it safe <laughs> <laughs> this one's got a kind of an odd upbeat time signature and some very like jazzy sounds to it the bassist feels like he's playing in his own key and the drummer is kind of like playing his own tempo and it's just i don't know this kind of eclectic jazz stuff is really not my thing i don't like a lot of this kind of like modern jazz kind of arrhythmically playing kind of a thing uh the vocals and the keys sound very clean and they blend very well but everything else is just just off and i'm not not really into it and then about a minute and a half in things kind of tighten up and it becomes more of like the pop R&B sounding stuff that we're expecting on this album. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I like the, the, the beginning part, at least yeah. the, the off off beat type, like it threw me for a fucking loop. Cause <laughs> normally, normally what happens is you get these sections like that where it's, everything's a little bit off and then stuff kind of tightens up pretty soon. Right. There's like a whole fucking, verse and like yeah. half a chorus of this just being like what's happening i feel like i'm getting like tossed around in a washing machine <laughs> or something but yeah. i like it i like that feeling and yeah i mean yeah the rest of the song like you summed it up it's uh it's kind of more of the sound that we were expecting from like the beginning songs on the album towards the back end of this song but uh yeah i like i really like the beginning i like like that that sound that oh, style what a cool jazz guy you are dude i need to get one of those like long cigarettes and some cool <laughs> sun sunglasses that i can wear inside <laughs> are there specific sunglasses that you can wear inside not just yeah. any sunglasses they're like the really thin ones like they're really like they don't even cover your whole eye but they're just like oh, they're yeah. A, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. yeah they're like a statement <laughs> instead of actual like a per- serve a purpose joey is all about statements and not functionality he, he's a form <laughs> over function guy clearly hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> lyrically though play it safe i don't am i crazy no, is this, song, is this song also about fucking kind of like, yeah, it this is one, this one I, more specifically. Okay. It's not just sex. It, it feels like 
he's talking about being stuck in this loop of breaking up and getting back together with someone and never really being able to figure it out in the context of the last track and the next track. Maybe this is him like coping with the death of Nick using like sex as a distraction, but it also kind of feels like this has been going on for a long time. So I don't know. It felt kind of out of place amidst the two interludes that are that surround it. Yeah. I agree with you there. Like it seemed weird to have such a moment between after like from aftermath going into you can't control death yeah like kind of that moment and then it comes back to i mean and like you said it could have been a coping mechanism and that's the reason for its placement here but yeah it doesn't feel like it's a coping mechanism it feels like it's more of just like a lifestyle yeah. like and kind of a vibe that i got with the lyrics is about like maybe it started out as like a a friends with benefits type deal and you're catching feelings for that person. And that's kind of where the cycle comes in and that leads to like a weird relationship type thing. But still the placement of this song I do think is like, like it should have been before aftermath maybe. Yeah. If you're, if you're going to place tracks, I agree because it fits in with the other songs about fucking, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, you know, there's no blueprint for grief. Like, I don't know what this dude's fucking feeling. It's true. So, yeah, I, I think that's it's very valid as is track number seven, which is aptly titled. There's no blueprint for grief. Boom. Which is another interlude. And this one's uh, similar to You Can't Control Death, kind of a, a behind the scenes kind of thing about the guys talking about how they've grieved the loss of Nick. Uh, this one for me is like super relatable. I've kind of talked about this before on the podcast, how I lost my mom. And then I, I think it was the Japanese breakfast album that we did that I kind of talked a little bit more about this specific aspect of it, where mm-hmm. in this track, he, he, the second guy that talks kind of talks about how he just, he, he wouldn't let himself feel or express any emotion immediately. He, he would just kind of like coast through life and not like, not really be in control of your emotions and he would, he, it would kind of like bottle up and then once it starts to like get too much, it'll leak out. And then he just lets all of his emotions out in that moment because he, he says that he would, he doesn't know when he's going to have the control to do it again. Yeah. Kind of thing, which is super relatable to me. I've, it's, it's a very like apt description of kind of what I was feeling after I lost my mom with just not being able to, to really process emotions and you just kind of like zone out for a bit and then it all kind of comes out because bottling up your emotions surprise isn't a good thing to do <laughs> or at least I don't know. I kind of go back and forth on that because again, the, even the song, there's no blueprint for grief, right? People say that like bottling up your emotions is bad, but I think in the context of grief, it, it's more like a survival mechanism. You just like you kind of keep it all inside because you're not really sure how to deal with it or how to express, especially at my age, I was like 14 years old when it happened. So I wasn't like fully a person, I guess. And, and trying to figure out how to process all that stuff and get it out in a quote unquote healthy way. Just, it doesn't happen. So I, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's bad to bottle up your emotions until you're at a point. I think it's, it, that's kind of a cliche saying that's, maybe not as relevant or sensitive as, as it should be. Yeah. Like, especially like you said it during grief, like the stages of grief, I think I'm with you. I don't necessarily think it's unhealthy to bottle up emotions 
because yeah. it is i mean sure like in everyday life you shouldn't bottle up the little things and not acknowledge right. them and whatever until it gets a point to where you're like i feel like whenever people are thinking about bottling up emotions they're thinking about the like the guy who fucking like goes to work all day and just doesn't has no emotions and then comes home and just fucking takes it all out on like the family or yeah, drinks it like that's fair. i don't but maybe I'm, just a, maybe I'm just a hashtag sad boy and relates everything <laughs> to to sad grieving instead of other emotions but i feel i i mean i think that's valid because there are i feel like there's definitely stages of like depression or stages of anxiety that correlate more with grief than straight up sadness yeah and i feel like grief grief for death is a whole different beast as well because it's it's a finality like yeah there you can't there's nothing to come back from yeah, because there's, there's nothing to fix there's nothing you can do it's just yeah. it's happened and you have to accept it like i don't want to say it like it's just different because like with depression i mean it you can't see it when you're in the fog right. but th- there's potentially a way out there's yeah, at there, least there's there's potential for change yeah like something could happen something could happen to come along and make things better but with grief for death there's just it's it's already ended yeah. you're it's the real grief it's grief for something that is gone and can't come back which is why i think there's parts of depression and anxiety that can be like grief because maybe you're grieving the life that you had before you felt that way or maybe you're grieving because you think it's it's think always it's yeah like you think you just already think it's over but grief for grief for death is something that I think there's no rules for. You can bottle up your emotions. And as long as you're not doing some absolutely bad shit stuff, whenever it <laughs> yeah. comes out, like there, there's what... definitely a healthy and an unhealthy way to release the emotion. Yeah. Yeah. That's more, it's, it's not the bottling. It's the, it's the release of the bottled emotion. That is yeah. the potential problem. Well, this shit got heavy. No, no I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I'm, I'm in the mood to continue talking about all of these fucking songs well i'm definitely in the mood to talk about track number eight in the mood <laughs> hell yeah back at it we're out of our slump boys track number eight <laughs> this one's got a pretty chill jazzy beat it's got some more kind of like r&b pop vocals to it i like the music but again r&b is not really my bag so i'm i'm I've, at this point in the album i think i'm just like okay i'm i'm acclimated to the album yeah but i still don't really like it as a thing so i'm not as harsh on my notes i do feel like sometimes in this song and maybe just the album overall the vocals feel like they're progressing while the beat isn't and i think that also kind of leads to some weird dissonance for me where it feels like the singer is gaining energy and the music would normally follow that energy but it just doesn't happen so maybe that's just me complaining about the production again or maybe it's just me not really vibing with our r&b style i guess i think that's like, I think there's some truth to that because it does, I don't know, this one, it kind of sounds to me like an older hip hop, like pop song, like maybe from the nineties and the R and B comes in strictly through the vocals, which yeah. it like, I feel like there is a slight disconnect between the music and the lyrics. Like this song specifically is what really drilled into my head. The weekend comparison, the vocals, the vocal style, not necessarily the vocal sound, but the vocal style. Right and uh that's the, flow and the delivery of it yeah uh but i do like the sax in here sax man 
Yeah, I also Keep pulled on. out the sax guy on my notes for this one. <laughs> Keep on rocking in the free world. It, it adds a nice touch. Uh, it has more, I feel like this song in general, it has more of a straightforward approach compared to like some of the earlier songs where there yeah. was just a lot of density. Like I feel like they've kind of scaled that back and that's that's a good touch. At yeah, least. I kind of wonder if they had like several different producers on on the album, I guess splitting up the tracks amongst a couple of them. And so like some of them, have that feel and some of them don't have that feel because they were produced by different people that could be i don't i've i've never i mean i've written songs i've never been in any sort of production process right. so i don't i don't know what goes into that i don't know maybe maybe you're like feeling a different way one day and you're like fuck it i'm gonna add 20 layers to this <laughs> i'm feeling <laughs> thick today boys <laughs> Damn boy, he's thick. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I don't hate the song. It's just still not really my thing. Lyrically, this one uh, to me kind of seemed like he, he was about he, him and his partner were falling out of love kind of a thing, which maybe it's just part of that cycle that we talked about previously. And it, this at this point, it sounds like he's ready to talk about things and he's wanting to like fix things instead of just falling back into the the break up and get back together and break up and get back together kind of thing. See, that's where I couldn't quite pin this song down because I got the same vibe. Like you're ready to get your thoughts out and you're actually in a position to do so. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know whether or not to relate this to like a romantic relationship or to like what they were talking. Yeah. To grieving, like where they were talking about, and there's no blueprint for grief. They're talking about, being like you don't know when you're gonna have the control to get your thoughts out again and it's like this song made me think of that moment where but i mean he would have a lot more control in this moment it sounds like based on what the song is where he's like he's choosing to do this it's not happening and i I, that's kind of where i was like i don't know if the song's about grief or about a relationship i think it can go either way because again that whole like weird dark midsection about nick which I applaud them for including. It just feels out of place amongst the album. I think yeah. with at least like lyrically, it just, it's, it's kind of jarring. And, and I guess it leaves us in this position where we're not sure where to go for the rest of the album. If it's back to the more lighthearted stuff or if it's not. So I, I can definitely agree with you on not being a hundred percent, but I, I took it in more of the relationship way. Yeah. The, the song in general sounded like that's what the lyrics would be. I'd say like the music and everything. Yeah. I mean, that's just R and B. R and B always feels like fucking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, this next track is going to feel like warding off evil because. Because that's its title. Because that's that's its title. (laughs) Didn't need to make that any more elaborate. Just (laughs) leave it at that. (laughs) Track number nine. Warding off evil. It's another interlude. Uh, This one, it, it seems like it's the guys talking about. The, the album that I kind of mentioned earlier, they're talking about an album that Nick made and they just keep both of them keep listening to it and they really love how it sounds. And it makes me wonder like if this album isn't that album that they're talking about, I wonder how much of an influence Nick's album had on this to make them make some of the production choices in it or make some of those layering choices that I'm not super crazy about. Maybe they just really vibe with that kind of sound and, if if that's the case, then fucking good good for you guys. Doesn't mean I have to like it. But you do have to like it, Jeremy. I don't. Everybody, everybody has to like it. I'm that's allowed to have an opinion. That's how this that's, works. 
No, it, everybody's got to have the same opinion, Jeremy. <laughs> what is your opinion on my this opinion track? on this track? So we had mentioned previously. Before I say what I was about to say, you were talking about this song. They were having a conversation about an album mm-hmm. potentially by Nick who had, or earlier you did say that you didn't know if it was like this album right. that they were listening to or a different album. The fact that the interludes and the outro that will come later were not on the initial Bandcamp release makes me wonder if they released this and like they were talking about like they are talking about this album and they just like had a discussion or something and yeah. were like you know what this the themes that we talked about in our discussion fit with the album and they just like threw it in in there as maybe. sort of a context for the listener i don't I, yeah I, I think that maybe makes more sense again it feels weird because aftermath feels directly about nick dying and it wouldn't make sense for nick to write that song that's, about you know dying, that's, but that's that's true and that could i guess be... the, the lyrics could have come afterwards right so nick maybe wrote all the music for this album and then they just put lyrics on it to get it out there because they wanted the album to release because they liked it so much and I mean, this this is all speculation because 100% like, but we don't, we don't know shit. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know anything. And I know that Sh- I know that Shag passed in 2019. I do not know if Shag and Nick are the same person. So I don't know if that timeline lines up with the production or the making of this album. I know they did release at least like a single or something or an EP. It looked like rooftops is what it was called in 2020 and this album came out on january 1st of 2021 at least according to Bandcamp, i i have no i have no sources i don't have a physical copy of this album i i can't look at the (laughs) right liner notes or anything yeah Yeah. hey side note the sunset kings if you guys are still listening to this episode if you guys want to clarify anything in the comments or even maybe we can record an episode with you guys just to kind of talk about the album and what we got right and what we we didn't get right and what's anything that you want to clear up feel free to to drop us a another comment we can we can make something happen or you could just ignore us that's true maybe 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 i'm just having (laughs) having some some blue dream about talking to some musician that's that's released music because i can't do it myself yeah and also track number 10 is called blue dream nailed it (laughs) but for real for real we always talk about audience interaction and nobody interacts with us. That's why you were so keen on the, on this album is because you're, you're that guy that doesn't get any attention. So when he does get attention, he feels like it's the best moment of his life and he has to, he has to grab onto it. it that's you, me. You end up scaring everyone away because you're too clingy about it when you finally do get attention. That is, that is me to a T. <laughs> I got too real here. I, I run off of external validation <laughs> exclusively. I have no idea how to internally set goals and stick to them to feel proud of myself on my feel own. That, man. That's a journey, though. We're, we're on that journey. Different points on the journey, maybe. But we're on that journey together, perhaps. And maybe we'll release an album like Sunset Kings did. At yeah. Some point. And then maybe we'll comment on somebody... It's a podcast who has zero listens and be like, hey, we're cool. Listen to us. <laughs> Listen to us, please. <laughs> Track number 10. They didn't beg. I'll, we're I'll, not, I'll we're not, that. Yeah, they did not beg. They just mentioned that they had an album. And Joey's like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Track number 10, Blue Dream. We got to finish this album before we, yeah. we go too far off the, the rails again. 
Uh, this one has kind of a good like bluesy rock guitar sound in this one that I like. There's this kind of trap beat almost that comes in. Yeah, and it feels strange and once again maybe too prominent. Like it was mixed too much to the front, but uh, pretty cool. I like the guitars on this track. There's some kind of like weird dissonant notes every now and then that feel a little bit off, but overall it's a pretty interesting groovy track to it. It's got a second guitar solo that comes in with the, the electro synths that get carried over from like the second verse chorus section. And then the song just kind of like gets let out by the solo. And it's, it's cool. Yeah. I definitely like the mix between the trap beat and the rock guitar. It kind of reminded me of, I don't know the sound that I remember talking about on ballads one. Whenever we talked about that, album on an episode a while ago from Mm -hmm. joji like i think it was r.i.p the song near the end of the album with trippy red and i was like i got that vibe from this song with just like like i could tell there was like definite trap influence but then like i don't i don't know if that's what soundcloud rap is yeah but that's what it made me think of and uh i don't i don't know if that's what you're going for but that's what i got and the guitar solo like it sounded like it has like an older psychedelic vibe to it i guess yeah the guitars on this whole album to be clear are are pretty fucking cool i I like a lot of them yeah so keep playing guitar at least yeah indeed lyrically surprise for for me (laughs) anyway this one it's a song about being blinded by passion and love which come together to make fucking so you know that, I, I, I'm sorry if, if you feel like I'm being reductive of your lyrics, guys. If you're listening, I just, it's this is not my bag, and it all sounds like fucking to me. Is that really the recipe this whole time? What what was it? Passion plus... Passion plus love. Is that, e- that Equals that, fucking. That's all you that's, need. That's our lead single, Joey, from our, our band's album. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'll play the kazoo. Hell yeah. There's nothing <laughs> sexier than a kazoo. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, once I get that kazoo on my lips, they're the ladies just never let me go. <laughs> nice track number eleven, <laughs> never let me go. This one, this one's got some some more kind of blues, but also like some jazzy lo-fi piano kind of thing that, that comes in. It's got a groovy bass line. The guitar is noodling around. There's a lot of like quickly changing sections, and it kind of drowns out the vocals on this one, which neither here nor there, I guess, for me because I'm not super <laughs> into it. But uh, just a production note again, it just felt kind of weird. Some of the sections are a bit more clean and straightforward, but yeah, again, just the mixing on this album just feels so strange to me. Well, I liked the mixing on this track because uh, it just sounded really watery. Like this whole song, it just was really watery and smooth and I liked it. The sax was nice. It sounded like an old jazzy song with a lot of modern influence, kind of yeah. in. It was like the background was an old jazz song, and then at the foreground was like a modern song, kind of. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of where I got the the lo-fi kind of jazz feel that it's all the craze in the SoundClouds and the YouTubes for the past Look. couple of years. It's just a lot of that, like that. It's it's making something feel older than it is. I suppose, which is kind of like a, it's, it's a fun contrast with having modern tools to play older stuff. So I think, I think we had a similar vibe going on. We just described it differently. Well, 
I don't I don't think we'll be describing the lyrics uh, differently. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that, Joey? What do you think the song's about? So I think this song is about wanting to have one last fling with someone, <laughs> with that one person that you, you can start fucking again. You said it, not me. But I'll, but I'll also say, yeah. It, it feels okay. like it, this is sustaining the loop, perhaps, of getting back together and hoping that this time it'll be different. And because he says we don't need each other, we just need love, kind of a thing, which obviously it's a red flag for, <laughs> for a relationship standpoint. But if they're just fucking, then, then let it but be. Why not? Then you can go all the way back to forget the song, the song where it was talking about catching feelings for a one night stand or like a friends with benefits. That yeah. one, yeah. You're, you're just coming full that's, circle and it's happening that's again. The album, this whole album was a thing. Yeah. We've been talking so much about fucking, you know what. Fuck the Sunset Kings. Outro. Live. Track <laughs> gotcha. Track number 12 is called Fuck the Sunset Kings. I was just talking about their song. Not yeah. hate spewing vitriol and hatred towards them. This this outro. You know, we, we've talked about grand, swelling <laughs> outros to, to albums. And you don't how, think this is one? How, how, the, how the last impression of an album... <laughs> It's just like usually this epic build uh, that's been coming this whole album. Yeah, there's, there's usually some sort of resolution. The, the, this song, <laughs> it's not that. It's not. It's, this it's... out, not like it's it. It doesn't like really affect the album in any sort of yeah, way. Yeah, but... it, just, it doesn't end the album the yeah. way you would expect an album to be ended. I suppose. It's just like drunk rambling to end out the album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just some girls like asking a, asking a guy to say whose fault it was. Like they're all just drunk, which I mean, I guess kind of ties back to the other phone call where the girls were like, "Oh, we're we're drunk. We need you to come save us." Clearly, the guy gave in, perhaps, and now he's wasted with them, and they're just like just picking on the drunk guy now. Which so whoever just, whoever you are, Alistair, if you're out there, <laughs> it's I guess it's your fault. Someone's fault. We don't know. It's it's a cliffhanger of an ending for this album. I do feel like it's a very strange inclusion, especially for the end of the album. Really and know. it wasn't it wasn't on the original Bandcamp release. This was the last like there were eight songs on that Bandcamp release, then four which were the three interludes and this outro were added, I guess, other places. So strange. Yeah, like it's I liked the inclusion of the three interludes. This one, it like, it feels out of place. Yeah, like, it's just I don't I don't understand the inclusion in the sense like in a narrative sense. Not that right. there really was much narrative. I guess there was a slight through line. Yeah, but... that's true. I mean, I feel like we maybe put too much pressure on albums to be concept albums or to have like a story arc to them, and it's yeah, it's, that's that's a lot of pressure, especially for people that are like just starting out making albums not everyone's first album should be a a concept album with some grand themes to it yeah not every album's gonna be 2112 yeah or (laughs) uh crack the sky or anything like that (laughs) oh my god we had had to bring in another mastodon reference it's been a while crack the sky oh my god what a fucking album (laughs) what an album we're not talking about that that's the end we got through it overall this is the first one that i've written like an overall section Oh my god! For a while, but uh, I don't really dislike it. But again, R and B is not really my thing, nor is 
the kind of modern jazz that's being incorporated into it. I think some of the mixing obviously was strange and muddy and other times it was smooth and clean. So I, I'm not sure how much of it was intentional for the sound that they wanted for the album, but I think the best word that I, that I could come up with to describe the album is entropic because there's just <laughs> there's a lot of things going on at once sometimes and it's not really going together necessarily. It's just kind of happening. And if that's what they're going for, cool. I definitely don't want to act like it's a bad album. It's just not my cup of tea. And I think maybe if you like R&B, you might like this album. So maybe check it out and form your own opinion and tell me I'm wrong in the comments. Yeah, I definitely think that this album is catered more towards people with, not to say that we have like, we don't listen to modern music, but like people with more modern tastes, I guess. Yeah. At least in this sphere, like, I've, somebody who listens to like older R&B may not like necessarily get down with it as which I mean, you know, that's that's unfair. They probably would. But yeah, this uh, there's a lot of modernity on this album. Modernity. I feel like that's a good yeah. band name. <laughs> Materni- modernity leave. Modernity leave. <laughs> we cracked the code. <laughs> God uh. damn it. Okay. But yeah, so I'm not necessarily a stickler for production. I listen to a lot of music that sounds like it was recorded on somebody's phone inside of a metal garage. <laughs> yeah. But like when it comes to mixing, there are definitely like layers to this album that I feel like were made just too loud or mm-hmm. too like there's just like mix it's not really, I guess, a sound quality issue. It's more of like, yeah, like we said, like sound mixing. Yeah. Some issues. With mainly with like drums and layering, but and I do like to, to be to give the benefit of the doubt to the band. Maybe that's just on these versions that made it to YouTube and SoundCloud, and maybe the Bandcamp version is mixed better. Yeah, and you know maybe uh, they just like it that way. That's true. And we Nothing can all go that either. And we can all go fuck off because we didn't make the album. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It, t- it takes a lot of effort and a lot of work and a lot of passion to put an album out. So good on you guys for doing so. If you guys want to talk about the album with us, let us know. If you just want to leave a comment clarifying some things, that's cool too. Fucking do it. If you, as a listener, not in the band, also have thoughts on what the album means or want to yell at me for being so reductive of the lyrics to they're all about fucking, uh, do so. You can yell at us. We're, we're on social media as well. So it's not even just on YouTube or anything. You can just tweet us. I don't think leave anyone's it. tweeted us yet. No. Leave a comment on Spotify. We've been doing this for like a year and a half at this point. Oh my God. Nobody's tweeted us because we don't promote ourselves at all anywhere. (laughs) Who uses Twitter anymore? Seriously. The damn kids. Anyways. uh, Yeah, we're out there. Come find us on social media. Say hi. Talk to us. Give us some album recommendations. If you're an aspiring artist or if you consider yourself already, I guess, a professional artist, drop your album titles and shit and maybe we'll check them out joey will because joey likes attention as established and i like new music also just throw it all at us and stay more feedback hold on listen to sunset kings bye oh wait i got so far ahead of myself we didn't even say what we're doing next week are are we gonna cut that part or is that just staying in nobody's listening to this point yeah this is this is all staying in okay cool Are we listening to I'm, I'm going to queue up the music like it's ending and then drop it because we didn't we didn't end it. Listen to the Sunset Kings, uh, the Shadow and Technicolor. Is that what the, just the, listen the, to all of them. Yeah, it, it, Shadow Work and Technicolor is the name of the album. 
Wow, I have it right in front of me. <laughs> I fucked it up and I wasn't even looking at it. I am literally looking at the I'm album so, art right now. I'm so bad at this. How did we get this job? Oh, wait, it's not really a job. We gave it to ourselves. We, we one day ourselves. were just like, hey, let's start a podcast. <laughs> we fucking did. We have interesting things to say about music. <laughs> Anyways, what are we to? next week, uh, we're just, we're just, I don't have anything in this realm because yet, yet again, I don't listen to R&B music. Um, but I, I was thinking about pick, picking some like soul music to go with it. And I was like, fuck it. We're just going in a random direction. And what better direction to run than baby metal? Oh my God. <laughs> we're we're going to be doing baby metals first album. Uh, as a clerical note, the original release of the album only has 13 tracks. The version that is on the digital version that is on like YouTube. And I'm assuming Spotify has 15 tracks. We're not going to do those last two tracks. Feel free to listen okay. to them, but I will not be writing notes for those last two tracks uh, because I don't have them in my download and release. So I'll listen to those that. just like I listen to basketball dreams. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good album. But yeah. Baby metal, their 2014 self-titled album uh, with the 2015 version, I guess is what's on YouTube music anyway, which has a bonus tracks. So we're not going to be doing, but yeah. uh, I think Joey's Joey's in for some fun surprises and I'm excited to talk about it. So uh, now I will gladly say expertly for the first time today, stay in our feedback loop. Bye.